This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nine shots on goal for all the Winnipeg forwards tonight. Suzuki can't get it to the net. Blocked by Pullman. As they battle in the corner, Caulfield picks it up and scores! Series winner, Tyler Tapoli, and the Canadians to the Kings of the North! It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Took overtime last night, but the Canadiens sweep the Jets with a 3-2 winner. Joe Ostrowski and Chris Ranji, this is BetQL Daily, live at the Bet 1430 in Denver, 105.9 FM HD2 in Chicago, 93.1 FM HD3 in Los Angeles, uh, Odyssey app and Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Let's uh, welcome it to the show, Pete Jensen at NHL Jensen. Busy, busy man, NHL Senior Fantasy Editor, NHL Fantasy Podcast. You also see him on the NHL network. Pete, um, heading into the postseason, I heard a lot of different analysts say, well, it's shaping up like chalk, chalk, chalk. So last night, as expected, uh, we've got a sweep by the Canadians, a four seed to make uh, the Stanley Cup semis. And we've got another four seed in the Islanders take a 3-2 series lead over the Bruins. What did you think about what we saw last night? Yeah, I'm less surprised by the Islanders and what they're doing, of course, because they've been under Barry Trotz, one of the toughest outs in the postseason, three years running now. But, yeah, as much as we looked at Montreal as having good value at the start of the series against Toronto, and then I think we all kind of underestimated them again against Winnipeg. But, like, for them to actually win that division and put their best foot forward at the end of the season – we saw how good they were at the start of the regular season. The first month of the season, they were the one of the top teams in the NHL. But since then, they had a coaching change. They really were underwhelming offensively. But it's once again a story of like playing your best hockey at the best time of year, um, upsetting some teams that don't play the style that you do when you're a team that rolls four strong lines, has an elite goaltender, you know, and strong on special teams like we saw in the Jets series. So Montreal earns full marks in that series. I know that Mark Scheifele was suspended after game one, and that really turned the tide. But still, I give a ton of credit to what the Canadians did uh, in making quick work of such a strong opponent. Uh, how much do you think that Scheifele suspension actually affected the series? And would we be talking about uh, an ongoing series still if that had not happened? I mean, I think it definitely affected the outcome to an extent. But even that first game, I mean, that was really like, it was like Winnipeg, even with Shifley, got blitzed a little bit. And I think that the better goalie in the series is Price. You see him now being 8-3, and 9.35 save percentage in the postseason. And quietly, I think you have to start considering a player like that uh, with the ceiling that he has individually, even with a tough opponent next round, you have to start considering him as a Con Smythe candidate. They will play Vegas or Colorado the next round, guaranteed. So 
that's going to be tough. But if he somehow pulls the upset, you know, you're going to see uh, an opportunity for him to maybe win the award, even if he loses the cup final series. But, yeah, back to your question about uh, Winnipeg. They kind of withered both of the past two years. Last year it was when they had Patrick Laine and they have they had Shifley. Both those guys got injured in the first round against Calgary and they uh, lost in four in a five-game series. So that was disappointing at that time. And once again, uh, you know, the storyline holds true where Shifley isn't there and, and the team just couldn't overcome it. So I think Winnipeg's power play, you know, was an advantage coming into the series. But when you give up, you know, more, you give up more shorthanded goals than you score power play goals in a series, you pretty much deserve to lose it. I mean, there's no other way to slice it. Uh, Pete, looking ahead to tonight, Vegas, Colorado, game number five. Our friends at the Vegas Sportsbooks will definitely need the Avs to win after uh, the Golden Knights have won back-to-back games. So their fans out in Vegas are going to be backing those Golden Knights. Uh, The Avs are minus 150 favorites, uh, Knights plus 135, and the total for this game is five and a half goals. Uh, How do you view this one? Oh, it's a great series. It was something we were looking at from the beginning of the season before it even started uh, with the divisional alignment new compared to the traditional one that these two teams would play each other in the second round, most likely that the series would probably go seven games. And that's still how I feel about it. I mean, could Vegas steal either game five or game seven in Colorado? Absolutely. Like there's a great chance that they can, especially after stealing the momentum and being the better team at five-on-five for three straight games, now heavily out shooting the Avalanche. I would say there's bounce-back appeal for the Avs in Game 5, but they're looking a lot weaker than they did, uh, you know, any time in the regular season, any time in the first round against the Blues, and even after Game 1. So uh, the Avs are going to have to make adjustments. It helps that they will have last change going back home to Ball Arena, where they are 20-0-1 in their past 21 games dating to the regular season. So, I mean, this is like the hottest home team in the league uh, for the season at large, pretty much. So if they're going to bounce back, this is the time. Uh, But Vegas has made quite a statement and they really had to make that type of statement to get back into this series and for it to live up to its full billing. So I'm just excited for the chance of another high scoring game, uh, you know, back and forth lead changes and, you know, hopefully for, from a fan uh, viewership standpoint, this series goes seven games because it would be, I think, one of the most watched series non-cup final in the sport in a long time. Do you have a lean in that direction if it goes six or seven? Because if you if you look at the series lines to go to seven games would be the the underdog here. Um, it's minus 118 if they end in six. It is minus 106 if they go to seven games and, and it ends there. Um, so if, and if you're going to bet on, on just the series, would you be betting on that? Would you bet be betting on just Colorado to outright win or Vegas? How do you see it? Well, the thing is, if it gets to seven, Nazem Kadri, who's been suspended ever since the first round for the avalanche, he could return. He'd be eligible to return. So that's one wrinkle that if it gets to seven, I think that can give the abs a boost. Um, you know, that said, they're going to have to get there, right? So Vegas's depth has been better than, than the Avalanche. Defensively speaking, uh, of course, they have 
Robin Leonard if they ever needed to turn to him, uh, you know, with Flurry being the starter. I know he had a rough game one, but you have that luxury, whereas Colorado, if they have to turn to a backup, uh, that would be a bad scenario for them. And then offensively speaking, the second line of Vegas that we've come to know for four straight years now is giving them great depth with March so, Riley Smith, and William Carlson. They're playing their best hockey of the season. So, you know, if it gets to seven, I have a lean with the Avalanche. I picked them to win the cup at the beginning of the year. But uh, mm-hmm. that said, Vegas has all the momentum right now, and they have the superior depth until game seven. So it might not get that far. That's the reality. With Pete Jensen, NHL Senior Fantasy Editor, NHL Fantasy Podcast, NHL Network, at NHL Jensen on Twitter. This is BetQL Daily. And Pete, as I just mentioned, you do a lot of the fantasy stuff. Um, Any props that you find enticing in tonight's Vegas-Colorado matchup? Well, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, Brandon Saad has had a great postseason in terms of scoring goals. Uh, As much as I was saying that, Vegas has the edge in secondary scoring. Saad plays away from those type of guys. I would also expect definitely uh, the top line of the Avalanche like to get back in on the action in terms of like Landeskog hasn't had a shot on goal in the past two games combined, which is staggering. I find it highly unlikely that that's going to continue. So, you know, maybe a shots on goal thing on him. And then, I mean, this is going to boil down to Nathan McKinnon. So, if you're if you're looking at the possibility of him having like a multi-point game to help the Avalanche bounce back, you know maybe there's some value on that. Uh, just considering the Avalanche top line when they've been matched up against Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, and the very underrated Chandler Stevenson, uh, that was when Vegas had last change in games three and four. That was like the matchup they couldn't escape. But now that they're back at home, they're going to be able to dictate things a little bit more, free up uh, McKinnon to get this thing back on track. So, yeah, I like the chances of McKinnon having a multi-point game. Just And the Avalanche, you know, as much as we overreact to these game-by-game trends or even, like I said, the past three games of Vegas dominating the shots on goal, it's like the Avs are a great home team. They haven't lost a home game yet in the series. So until Vegas goes out there and steals one in Colorado, uh, the Avalanche still have the edge in the series, you know, at the surface. Carolina is a plus 105 underdog tonight to win and to force a game five. Will they do it or will Tampa Bay win at minus 121? There's definitely a chance they could do it. I think it's always interesting when you have a team down 3-1 in the series, that, but they have two of the final three games being on home ice. And, you know, I think the Hurricanes look back at the series and, have some regrets, some blown two-goal leads in different games. One of them they won, but the other one they didn't. Uh, It was that seesaw back-and-forth game over the weekend that they just couldn't hold off Tampa Bay. You know, their offensive studs, Kucherov, Point, Hedman. I mean, it's kind of, like, tough for anybody to stop those guys. I don't even know if, like, the Vegas-Colorado winner would be able to beat Tampa Bay, who's even stronger than last year because they have their big five healthy with those guys I mentioned and Vasilevsky and, you know, Steven Stamkos playing well too uh, offensively on a separate line from Kucherov and point. So, uh, you know, as much as I think Carolina has a chance to extend the series, Tampa Bay is just too strong to not finish this thing off at some point. So even if Tampa Bay falls behind in this game, you know, keep an eye on them because there's a great chance they could come back from a goal or even two goals down mid game and then flip the script and and finish the series. So 
And it, even if Carolina wins game five, game six at home, as long as Tampa Bay's guys are healthy, they should finish the job like they did against Florida. It was a very tight series then, very tight series now, but Tampa Bay uh, should ultimately finish it off in either five or six. I like what you said about the player props uh, tonight. Anything else that uh, you wanted to mention on that front? Yeah, I mean, definitely keep an eye for Carolina. They have a couple of guys injured that could return. Nito Niederreiter, uh, Vincent Trocek. These are some of their better secondary scorers. Uh, you know, there might be some value on those guys. But, again, you'd have to keep an eye on them close to puck drop just to make sure that they're playing because each of those guys has now missed multiple games. But they're quality players that could close the gap for Carolina. You know, I definitely think there will be some urgency from – you know, like a Dougie Hamilton from Carolina who has had a good shot volume this postseason but has been a little quiet. He's in a contract year, uh, 2021 UFA. So this is kind of like the time for him with the Hurricanes to try to finish strong and extend the series. So maybe he'll have a little extra urgency and, and will pop off a little bit. But, yeah, again, Tampa Bay's guys, I mean, now you could start to talk about Kucherov not only – he was like a long shot con Smythe candidate at the beginning of the playoffs because he didn't play the whole regular season. But now Nikita Kucherov is right up there with McKinnon because, you know, for the con Smythe favorite in the whole league, because you could look at it and say, hey, Tampa Bay has a great chance to move on to the third round, final four. And you can't say the same about McKinnon anymore. So even that conversation has taken a turn towards the defending champs and Kucherov. Uh, for playoff MVP. So I think that's really significant. Yeah, you know, it looks like the money in that, and I know we addressed the the series just a little bit earlier, but that Islanders-Boston series, it looks like the money is suggesting that's going to go to seven games. Do you think it will? I don't know about that. I mean, the Islanders, with the urgency they have and the storyline, I think we can't overlook the fact that it's the final year at Nassau Coliseum. Normally, we don't really quantify those types of things like you know like grid and fan atmosphere and stuff like that and total chemistry of the team but Mm -hmm. the way that these guys buy into the system of Barry Trotz and the way that they've had superior depth to Boston and they've been able to go back and forth with that team nothing phases the Islanders in game or even game to game they're I know they won game five, but they're, they've been great, you know, following a loss this postseason, four and one. They're resilient. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Islanders, despite being, they're like continuous underdogs for some reason in, uh, you know, in general, general hockey speaking, not even just, you know, the betting stuff. So uh, they people underestimate that team continuously. And they've been, like I said earlier in the show, they've been one of the toughest outs in the whole postseason three actionable information there from pete jensen find his work nhl.com on twitter at nhl jensen always appreciate pete's time and coming up next lightning bets with the and ranji and the crew on the betql audio network